Hey, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the CX Experience with CloudLinks. Super excited today because I've got a gentleman on the phone on the call. I shouldn't say the phone on the call who we've done a lot of conversations with and we're really excited for the relationships that we're building with them, with our clients and with with their firm as a whole, because they're just, you know, candidly, they're good people. And I'm really excited to have the CEO of the firm from Noble Biz, Steve Biederman on the line. Steve, thanks for joining us today. I'm going to send you that back packet of money afterwards so that, uh, you know, uh, we'll support the idea of your endorsement. Uh, <laughs> thanks really for having me, though. Um, you know, and I know that we have a lot of similar ideals in terms of how we approach uh, the client experience in contact centers. And uh, a bit about Noble Biz is we've been around about 20 years and we're a uh, two things really. We're a carrier that's specific to contact centers. So, whereas a lot of carriers uh, over the years, you know, don't like contact center uh, traffic, it's a lot of short duration calls. Uh, we center ourselves specifically uh, and only to contact centers. So because of that, we've ended up building different software layers on top of it that just optimize contact rates and, and uh, you know, the, the swiftness of which you, you reach your next party in, in tier one type of calling. Uh, at the same time, we're also a developer and a provider of contact center solutions, uh, call center systems. Years ago, we called them dialers. And, uh, you know, today uh, these are our hosted systems and uh, our pride is in what we call Omni Plus, which is a, a full Omni set solution of uh, a wide range of media is all connected together, you know, for contact centers as they're moving towards the future. One thing I'll say is I saw a video of yours uh, where you guys were talking with someone about bringing in new technology into contact centers and how you're bringing something in with a, a wide range of, of features such as ours uh, and, and people want them, but they really don't know how to use them. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, I think uh, companies like us need to get, uh, we need to recognize that selling great technology into a contact center doesn't do it by itself. And it really requires people like yourself who can go in and optimize it for people. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's interesting that, you know, at a CEO level, that where you recognize some deficiencies in technologies that, you know, the, the, the adage technology doesn't solve your problems, right? Right. right. The processes by which you implement the technology solve your problems. And we, we've had a lot of clients where I think one of the struggles we have is the CEO is at one level at the client, the CIO is at another level of conversation. Then there's a myriad of people, and then there's the agent. Right. And that agent, who we like to call an enabler, because of where we believe that they're the tip of the spear in your mission statement. So we, we use the term enabler, but where they are and the CEO are, they can be miles apart. Mm -hmm. And everybody says, we're going to get, I don't know, pick something, chat, you know, something as innocuous you think is chat. Right. Let's get it. Let's implement the CEO's like, how's chat doing? And nobody's like, well, we, we don't, we, we're, we're behind. And he's like, well, why are you behind her? She's like, what are you doing? What's going on? He's like, we didn't have the processes built. We didn't have the support engine. We didn't have the, the integrations behind it. And they forget all these little steps. Right, right. And for you guys as a provider to recognize that up front, that's key because you come in and now you're saying, you may even actually say, hold up, you're not ready for that yet. And well, I've had conversations have, with your team where they've said, hold on. We had an epiphany uh, recently. I, I don't, and it's an epiphany because we didn't plan it, right? It just sort of developed. 
And we were we were looking at this idea that we were putting in a, a number of, of our OmniPlus systems and uh, struggling with the idea of how to integrate it into, into that contact center. Uh, I mean, we under certainly know how to turn it on and, and, and we see how people use it. But, you know, let's be honest, we develop technology. We're not in the contact center per se ourselves. So we finally realized, and it's a recognition that over the last 30 years I never had. And it just kind of hit us that we're selling this incorrectly that and what we decided to do was instead of hiring software salespeople, which is what our industry generally does yeah uh we stopped doing it and we've uh now been hiring to sell our system and to sales engineer our system people that were directors of operation in contact centers that have no sales experience in are in selling software, but they were the buyers of it and they were the drivers yep. of integrating that system and fixing it. Cause you know, this technology doesn't always work. It breaks and there's a lot of support needs. And, and these were the people that not only made the buying decisions, sometimes didn't make the buying decisions, but inherited the system and had to figure out what to do with it and understood the, uh, the inherent problems that go with it and the hopes that they always had about how they like to use uh, a, a wide range of channels as an example. So we've now hired our third person that comes with no software sales experience and, and was a director of operations in, in a BPO and then contacts to two other contact centers. And they are now uh, a big part of our sales group. What we're finding is as we're going through the sales process, it's not a sale in the sense of it, it, it comes out differently. What's happening is we're really talking about what's going on in that environment. And so by the time we get to a discovery, this is not a, a Q&A. This is a, a really an exchange of insights into how a contact center works. And the, the difference in, in how our implementations are going are night and day. And, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to think that I've never occurred to me to sell this type of complex product into that environment with people that really have lived in that environment. But we're yeah. finally, we finally figured it out. It's funny. So you and I, every time I talk to you, I find that you and I are more aligned than I, yeah, right. than I'm comfortable admitting, but we are very, <laughs> we are very well aligned because we, we've done a lot of work in the contact center space and we were not historically contact center people. Really what we were, we sold a lot of MPLS and we sold a lot of SD-WAN and, and what we found was that those two sales are as a as opposite as you could get. One is really held very closely by a couple people, and nobody in the organization will know what's going on. If you changed MPLS providers, three people know about it. Right, exactly. Yeah. But if you change customer service and the way in which an agent interacts with a client, the way in which a client gets a hold of you, the entire world hears about it. Social media destroys it. The CEO of the firm hears about it. The, the poor agent 
who's just working with the tools you gave them. And they're like, well, you asked me to paint something, but you gave me a hammer. You know, they they hear about it and they live it. And it's an entirely different sales process. And that's where I think we've excelled because it's not even I don't even call it a sale anymore. It's more of a conversation. It's more of an understanding of what's going on. And it, it's an entirely different vernacular that people have to have. You know, you can't say I'm going to save you 50 bucks on a on a node. It's more of, no, we're going to drive that engagement. We're going to make your agent work harder. We're going to make your agent work better. We're going to make them work smarter. And and what we found, and I think you would probably recognize this as well, is that when you build this with the metrics and the reports and the analytics for the bosses in mind, yeah. it fails. Right. When you build it with how easy it's going to be for that agent to handle that client, that's when the engagement goes well. Well, our discussion when we were determining what profile do we need of contact center people to, to do what I was saying was we, we looked at all parts of an organization. It's like, do we hire people that were agents? Do we hire uh, mid-level management or floor supervisors, uh, data people, or do we hire people that ran uh, that owned the contact center or, or, or were at that high, highest seat in the house? And we didn't, we realized that's not where we want it because yes, the CEO is saying that CEO goes to a show or something or begins to talk to their peers and they say, yeah, you know, I really want to use all these channels. I want to be able to, to work in WhatsApp and Facebook and chat and video and voice. And I don't care. I, I don't care how we communicate. I want to offer all range of communication. And, and that CEO goes, hey, Bob, his tech guy usually not his contact center guy yeah. but go find us some some good products so they go out and they find noblebiz or some other company and all of that is going on but the call center is has yet not involved then suddenly they're kind of down to a handful and they go hey Director of operations come on in and <laughs> uh, see what do you think which one do you like and they're like well, I kind of like what we're doing right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, they don't like, see the value. No, no, no. Why am I switching? This yeah, yeah. Are you kidding? We have and the whole time they're looking at this demo or or deciding which of these three choices that they are going to use and offer all this new feature stuff. They're thinking about really. I have to figure a way to transition my contact center to this. Yeah, all of that is great, but by the time I'm done transitioning it, we'll all be dead, you know, because this is like impossible to do. Yeah. And this to me is the key to today's world, which is there are no new adopters to technology, this type of technology. You know, everybody's adapted, everybody's using something, and they're switching for uh, whatever they're maybe it's pain points. But usually, and maybe it's cost, but more than likely, it's they their customers are asking for something new, and uh, so we go in and we do our best to apply what we have. The people that are trying to implement it are still running their contact center at the same time, and they're going, "How do I do this?" Uh, and we're saying, no, 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 it's very easy. It doesn't take an agent long to learn it. And, you know, we'll do training. And they're like, I don't even have time for training. Okay. Yeah. I, I really don't. I mean, because nobody's 
said we can stop for a month and do this, we're still servicing our business during this time. Well, to me, what's needed in this type of an environment are people like your company. And I know we're not here to just promote your company. I'll take it. I'll it, take it. But it really needs it because it requires you to go in and to say, all right, we've worked with this system, this noble biz system, and at the same time, we understand what's going on here, and this is the way it'll work simplest. Yeah. And simplest is the right way to do it. And let's gradually move it in this way to where it doesn't. And, but before we even start, let's understand what your financial metrics are so we don't disrupt that while we go and implement it. And all of that thinking is is really forgotten. It's almost forgotten uh, or it's paralyzing. And then a contact center never changes. And, and that's why companies like us need to combine with companies like you to, and contact center needs to understand that you really have to kind of spend your money both ways. If you, if you're really looking for the optimal result. Well, it, it's fear. I mean, what you'd basically boil down to in my head, what I heard is two things. I said, I hear you have this contact center supervisor, manager, who, director of operations, whoever tasked with doing it. They have fear about this new thing that they may do once or twice in a career. Yes. And they've never done it yet. So there's a whole lot of fear about how it's going to be handled. Who's going to be responsible for it? Whose head's going to roll? What's going to be the impact? How am I going to do this? How do I keep the lights on? And then there's fear about the client's relationship, right? I can't stop serving that relationship and I get graded yeah. throughout the time on how well that relationship is because social media, you know, my partner and I did an experiment once where we he complained via email to a company and mm -hmm. I complained on social media. I got a response days faster on wow. social media because I complained on social media. So yeah. these people are sitting there going, I've never done this before. I have to keep the lights running. I don't know what impact it's going to be to the client. And I'm not going to be told I can slow down. So there's a lot of fear in this for people. And it's a lot about how the client gets, how the client's impact. And I think when I spoke with you prior to this, it really dives into, I think, part of your core philosophy is how does the client experience get enhanced and who's doing that really well? Right, right. right. How do you enhance that customer spirit? Not, not really, not really what's NobleBiz doing well, but more what are practices that are involved so that customer experience is done well. And and that call center manager now got to say, I've never done chat before. Right. I've never done social media monitoring before. You know, how do I do with all of this stuff? So I, I guess, Steve, really one of the questions I ask you is, where do you see customer experience being done really well? And like, what are some of your beliefs around that? So that companies looking to do contact center say, you know what? I'm going to write that down. I'm yeah, I'll thought. tell you, it, it, it's really uh, just very, it, it isn't complicated to use the technology or to, to, to understand it. Uh, it is complicated to get the focus on it so that you can teach it. But um, it's a whole nother piece to for a contact center to realize that they have new things they can do now. They have new customers they can bring on, new uh, services that they can offer. And, and because they don't know how to do it, 
necessary. They might know how to use the feature, but they don't really, you know, how do you manage that? How do I manage an agent who now is working off of various uh, uh, multiple channels instead of a single channel? How do I, how do I manage that? Uh, and that thinking on that floor supervisor level uh, is, nobody's gone to school to learn that. As you said, it's once or twice, you know. So a couple experiences that we have. Um, we have a client, yeah, I, I won't name him just uh, because I haven't asked him if I can, although it's a good story. Uh, they're sort of like uh, the Uber uh, of of agents and contact centers. They're not what you would normally call an outsourcer. But what they are is that a contact center, any contact center can sign up with them and stay logged into their system and access uh, up to thousands literally of agents at any time within, within uh, minutes, frankly. And then there's like a three hour training course for those agents. And they, and depending on what the, what, what is required, meaning what feature sets are used, is it just voice, is it chat voice, is it WhatsApp, Facebook, what is it, is it video, uh, you know, they, they bring in agents that have already been trained on their system and have the experience of working in different environments using different feature sets. And uh, they have developed uh, what I guess I would call our, our storybooks of, of a wide range of usability for this. And so it's, uh, you know, an outsourcer to me is somebody who just goes and uh, yeah, different. a bunch of agents for somebody. But this is finding agents who use this system in a way that the client needs. Now, that's a company to me that really understands, but how to do it. But here's the thing. When they started, they didn't understand. When they implemented Omni Plus, uh, they were just like anybody else. They didn't understand uh, what how to do it. The only difference was for them, Omni Plus was their first system they implemented. <laughs> so they, it was, okay, we can all focus on this. Yeah, yeah. We can all learn this system without servicing other clients. But it did give them the time to now they, they literally have some thousands of agents out on a constant basis working for a wide range of, of, of brands, products, and contact centers uh, just on a, on a call-as-you-need basis. And, and, and it's really a, a tremendous thing. And I, I'd be happy to, to introduce people to this company for some just chat and, and discussion about best practices. We also have a new client, um, 14,000 seats uh, throughout the continent of Africa uh, that, that chose us over, we're just proud as heck because it was over all of the, the top products that, that you, people were 14,000 seats, they're looking at everybody, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all of their client service. They're, they're a, a, a huge, huge company. Uh, and they they have been working in in almost every country in Africa. They, they're the single provider of, of what they offer. But their RFP, what, what they've been doing now for all their customer service in every single country is just voice, okay? And their RFP went out 
you know, and they need every kind of channel that we have. Uh, they need, in addition, they need some AI bots. They need a wide range of things. Uh, but when we are talking to their local, like in Nigeria or in Kenya or Benin, we're talking to those environments, those contact center environments, they have no idea why they would need anything but voice. Yeah. Now the company has decided they're going to use all this stuff. Well, the big question is who's deciding this now? I mean, yeah, somebody, there's some consultant decided they're going to do it. Now there's this little guy in the, in the office saying, what am I doing? Yeah. And now they're, they're going to figure out how to, where and how and under what circumstances you use different channels uh, in in all the in fourteen thousand agents, uh, you know I'm sure it'll be siloed and segmented in many yeah. ways. But uh, but the outcome of that, and I th you know this is for a three year project to get this implemented. But the outcome of that, I think, will be a remarkable uh, case study in how do you really change your environment to stay with new technology in contact centers. Because let's face it, in my opinion, contact centers have always been the slowest adopters. Uh, yes. They're, they're interested from trade shows and, and the like, but to actually do that implementation and adopt something new other than just something that addresses pain points, they don't really make those changes easily. So now we're gonna to get to see what that's really like. So two companies, uh, that company is an uh, will be ongoing. And then the, the company I mentioned earlier, uh, as I'm calling them, the, uh, the Uber of, of uh, contact centers, uh, they've, if anybody has figured it out, they have certainly figured it out. Yeah, and I think when you go towards that conversation, you're drifting into the profile of that contact center manager, right? Yeah. There's a little, there's an uncertainty around change. There's a comfortability around doing the job well and doing it the way we've been doing it. Cause really that profile of that user is, I will make do with whatever tools you give me, even if it's an abacus and a ruler, I'm gonna measure my results. Right. And you've got these people that are can do people, but they're not technologists. Right, right. So it, it's a false premise to say, hand them the tools, and they'll just know how to use them That's and right. they'll just have the processes built, you know, and don't worry, IT will support you, but IT is almost the opposite. You know, they're not really customer focused in generalities. They're not really right. the customer right. focused people. Right. It's the Saturday Night Live thing. Just restart your computer stereotype, obviously. But, right. Right. you know, it's 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 more that you have these two worlds that are juxtaposed trying to come to the same goal. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a challenge for them. That person's got to sit there and say, does my timeline change? Does the customer is the customer OK waiting? Can I can I implement something like chat and have a false start? You know, I think that's been the biggest fear for a lot of these people that in, in really when you go down that road that you're talking about, it's the false start that that person says, I don't want to implement chat right now or I don't want to implement SMS or or video conversations because I don't know if the processes can support it. Yeah, and I think it, what that means is this entire process of how you sell into, so how we sell into a contact center, and then how a, a service center or a BPO sells to their clients, uh, 
you have to if, if, that's what really needs to get revolutionized and 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 change because it's not the same today as it, you're not selling a thing and then take that thing and just use it anymore it requires a, a, another layer which you know in the old days we call it consulting and it really does require what is consulting in that environment it's guys like you sitting down with the contact center and maybe their customer groups yeah. and saying we let's all just figure this out let's talk through it nobody is uh has their phd in this yet okay so yeah. let's let's be honest let's not pretend we do when in fact most of us don't but what we do have our phd in is we know what the life is like so let's talk about it let's overlay this new technology into it and let's see how we go with it and then let's keep having this conversation and as an outcome of it let's see what it means to us uh, because there are pitfalls so let's not say no let's not say i object to it because i'm scared but let's not say i'm adopting it without reservation either and yeah requires this long-term relationship that i think you will need to have or we will need to add into our company for for doing this correctly in the future you know where i think that falls off where that cart you know loses its wheels is in the demo up front right there's a lot of times that we've done demos and we let me rephrase there's a lot of times that we've come in on the back end and the client said, we did five or six demos already. Yeah. And we're a little lost, worse than when we were when we started this. Whole right, thing. I'm like, well, right. why? It's like, well, this guy did something wonderful in the demo. And my CEO, she loved it. This gal did something wonderful. And my CEO, she hated it. And that's really what we need. And I'm like, well, they're looking at it with a different goal and you're looking at it with a different goal and they're trying to drive revenue. You may not realize that you need to drive revenue. We got to meet in the middle. So we put a lot of work into that front, into having all the vendors do a very, very carefully scripted demo with about 10 to 15 use cases so that we can hit all the points and demos. I mean, I would imagine you've shifted your demos from maybe the 40 minute, 90 minute demos to now, the ones we do, they're almost four hours long. Well, they're ongoing, actually. They're pieces. Yeah. It's it's pieces. Yes, you do that initial demo. Yeah, the the product. But uh, as the discovery is happening, so hey, one of the things I, I had mentioned earlier, when we're now in our sales group hiring ex directors of operation and recruiting from the contact center to sell it. We're also doing that with our engineering. So now we're not hiring engineers from contact centers. We're hiring also fairly technical operations people that run call centers to be the, to do the sales engineering, the scoping of it. And so what they're able to do is go through a, an elongated process. Of, of talking through it. So we're talking through it. And then uh, 
maybe you're talking through it with us too. And then yeah. we go back and say, well, let's figure that one out. So if this is what we're trying to accomplish, let's go back to OmniPlus and see how can we accomplish it. So, you know, it, it here's the thing. A lot of systems, this is it, this is how you have to use it, this is how it works. But it shouldn't be that way. What it should be is, tell us what you do and what your nuance and way and idiosyncrasies are, and let's see if we can optimize that using this system that, yeah. that you have. And then we keep going back through that sales demo engineering process until we get an understanding of What's phase one and two look like? Yeah. And, and, and then we begin the implementation. Yeah, one of my clients used an interesting phrasing that we're kind of in the same line with. She's like, what she said was, she's like, listen, we are not a typical call center. We don't do the typical bunch of agents sitting around. We're more of a specialty type thing. They're calling for complex problems. You know, if my agents are on the phone with the person for four hours, I'm fine with it. You know? Yeah. And she's like, the, the problem I have is that since we're not typical, we don't fall into the typical mold. So no one knows what to show me, but I'm really looking for a partner who can pull me along and say, these are the new technologies that are out there, but I understand your business. Look at where we can insert that. And mm -hmm. she's like, when we found that type of partner, it was mind change. It was very changing for us and game changing for us because now we're sitting here saying, we don't have contact center in our brain. It's not our process the way we do it. Right. But look at all these new technologies that you're showing us in not really like a hackneyed kind of way of like, oh, look, we can do this, but more of a, have you thought about this, how this will improve this problem? Yeah. And they can collaborate because now you've got that operations person talking to a technologist who's really in their mind. And I think that's why you're in the right place, hiring the right people because yeah. they get that. Well, you know, it's, it's, this is what the new world is. And as we're talking I'm also thinking, I don't hear many conversations like this. I hear people presenting their product. I hear in the contact center world talking about what their, their pain points are or what their goals are and their future may look like. But I, it's very rare that you hear people get together into groups saying, you know, what does this really look like? And, 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 you know, this isn't like a panacea. This isn't like a, a, a wow thing. It, it, it's a progressive thing. So how do we how do we deal with it? Nobody's just sitting and saying, how do we deal with it? And I think that's what we're really talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you have to be agile as a company. And uh, for better or for worse, Noble Biz is an agile company. And we we come with enough years of experience to to understand that in all those years we really haven't learned everything yet and 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 so yeah. we're willing to try and and do different things we love our technology our customers love that technology people love our customer experience in terms of how we embrace our client at all times 24 hours a day but at the same time Clients still have problems putting it in and using it. And that's the piece that we have to start thinking about and not pat ourselves on the back because we have good technology and we have good support. So you should love it. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Doesn't it doesn't work that way. I mean, the, the amount of projects and listen, we've all made mistakes. We're good at our job, but we've made mistakes. And I think you can tell right away when you look at the difference in project plans, right? 
Yeah. How long is implementation going to take? How many steps are there in the implementation? What sort of UAT is going on? These are things that people kind of forget. And your experience from other projects, you're guiding that person through. And I think you guys, as an industry, may sometimes forget that it's your job to guide them through this and right. not just get it installed. But, you know, why do companies struggle with this is it, it's honestly because of their own financial arrangement. In other words, they've built their budget on uh, a conventional department approach. So I have salespeople, I have engineers, I have ops people, I I have support people. I might have be willing to have client advocates, but they, are they producing or not? I'm not so sure, right? So as soon as you get into, now I have to add a whole nother layer of, of of people to uh, assure that this works. I mean, that's a whole new thing. And it's very tough for companies to agree amongst themselves that they're willing to add costs before benefit or ROI. Yeah. So uh, we are because, uh, well, it's just our mindset. We're, cost is the, is the last. The way we look at the whole customer experience is that Let's say, how do you build on a whiteboard, a clean whiteboard, how do you build the best client experience? So they're getting their promises met and then some. How do you do it? Forget money, forget yeah. or organize. Then we, we say, this is how we feel we're going to do it. And we play it in different scenarios. Once we settle on it, then we say, okay, there is a cost to it. What's the cost? And who gets to do what where? And what, you know, what seats on the bus, as Colin says. And then, and then that's the, what we call the cost of doing business. Yeah. And, and we just accept it. And we're, we're versatile that way. And, uh, I, but I also think more companies are going to need to be doing that uh, in the future. You know, bigger, even better companies. You know, I, I agree. I think there's an element to it where they have to change how they're doing this because it's not like you have this, again, go back to MPLS. I've got this cost. It's got to get installed because my financials got to work. And you, right. you're not thinking about what you're really doing. You're not, I forget what salesperson told me because I really bought it. He's like, you have to realize that you're not selling a contact center solution. What you're selling is that company's ability to execute their mission statement. Yeah. And that shifts from the, that shifts from the focus on getting this installed to the focus on building it so it works right. And right. if you realize that's what you're selling, then you're in the right place. And I think you guys seem to have captured that because you're saying, don't hire sales guys. Right. Hire, right. hire ops people that know how to talk to people. Yeah. Well, that know that know their customer. They are their customer. Yeah. That that's what it really comes down to. And what's interesting about this shift we made. Uh, I mean, I, I suppose you could call it an experiment or proof of concept, but it doesn't feel like that. It just sometimes you just make a decision and you feel it's right. And this one is just the right way to go about it. And by the way, we're seeing it work too. But if it hadn't worked immediately, I think we would have still stayed with it because uh, we have to change. We have to stop selling this as a commodity but it also means the contact center has to stop buying it as a commodity which is another issue all along yeah. is that contact centers do often see it as a commodity they they get that it's complex they get that it's hard to put in but they also get that there's 
in their minds, 200 companies that develop the same stuff. So in, in that sense, it, it's they commoditize it in their, in their head. In other words, what's the license price? Does it do these things? Okay, good. Yeah, you know, that's... <laughs> I'm waiting for that client to tell me that. I love that. That'll be the easy one. We we tend to get these really hard clients who come to us and say, I want the three things you said, but then there's these 97 layers behind it the way we do business, right? And the good ones know that and recognize that. And the ones that struggle with this implementation, you spend a lot of time changing their mindset are the ones that don't recognize that. You know, It's not okay to have chat. But yeah. If you want to record the chat, when do you want to record the chat? How do you want to tra transfer the chat? Does omni-channel mean omni-channel to everybody? Right. There's all these nuances that just get really, really complicated. And that's where the devil's in those details for these clients. And well, you know, you're learning how to ask the questions, right? I mean, if you ask me to tell you, do a brain dump on you on NobleBiz and how we run this company, I'd have a heck of a time uh, just starting off. So you'd have to start asking questions, but you might have a, a hard time figuring out how to ask questions of a carrier technology company. So uh, who who has to drive that conversation? And it really comes down to you with those compl complicated customers you have to figure out how do I query them so that I, I, I break through into getting a full view of what they are and who, yep. who they, not who they think they are but what they really are. And it, it it's very tough for, I mean, you can't just sit here probably and tell me, who are you? I can't tell you who is Steve. So my God, I'm going to tell you how a business with all these moving parts is, yeah. but somebody has to ask the questions. So Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you get, again, and I don't want to keep you too long because I know you've got a whole lot of things you're trying to do here, but you get into the conversation around the process and the process mapping and the change management and you, you, you I like the way you guys have approached this from the, and I like the way you've led the approach of don't sell the tech, sell the process. Don't sell right, the tech, right. sell the change. You know, kind of let's, let's understand the change that we're trying to implement and it's impact to the firm before yeah. we start talking a, a second about Omni plus. Like Omni, right, exactly. I think this is one of the more open conversations we've had with any of the, the partners in our portfolio around technology, because we really haven't spoken minute one about what you guys are doing different in technology we're really speaking around where the process is and that to me that's that's hugely valuable but i think that's that is kind of what we're doing differently because uh yeah we have really good technology i mean people love the technology you do a demo of our product and people go wow that's yeah. great cool. and, oh, they're a carrier too and so they can you know they're, they're all things to me that's great we're all things except one thing we're not contact center people now we are because we're hiring them, but yeah. up until then we really weren't. And 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 so it isn't this great product that we're selling that you can't figure out how to use in your environment. We better figure out how to ask the right questions and figure out how you as a client uh, may want to try to use it yeah, because usability is everything. It isn't feature sets are just technology. You know, we sit in a, a room with a lava lamp and we write those things, you know, but lava lamp. Use, you know? <laughs> I love the lava lamp. My yeah. son actually wanted me to get him one for oh Christmas. He wanted one. I was like, 
Oh my God, no, not ten years old. No idea what he does. He thinks music after 1995 is terrible and wants a lava lamp. I was like, all right, great. You're my kind of kid. Yeah, right. That's right. Well, music before 95 was great. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I, I've kept you way longer than I promised you I would because I enjoy the conversations. Um, are, are, you, are we going to get you out to the shows? Are you going to be out there traveling to the shows we again are, now that this is over? We're going to a lot of shows again. I will say this, that we have uh, taken a, a little different track and started to break down shows into – you go to vertical, you you go to your main verticals, and then we start to go to the state and regional shows where we're now able to meet 20 people or 40 people, maybe a hundred on a big side, and we're finding those every bit even more valuable than you know than the major shows out there. You'll see us at those too, but you'll probably start seeing us uh, in different verticals uh, where you wouldn't have expected to. That's great to see. That it's great to see. That. I'm 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 so excited for the getting out to the trade shows again. I'm I'm like a uh, I'm like a, a racehorse in the starting blocks here, like just waiting for these trade shows to start so I can get back on the travel. Well, the I travel. just drove up to one in Colorado, which is where I am, uh, with our global director of sales. Uh, three hour drive to Steamboat Springs to a, a little show last weekend or two weekends ago. Uh, with, um, I think it was 26 people. And guess what? We got to talk about what we do one-on-one -on -one to 26 people. And it was, it was the most intimate, best, best outcome we could have ever expected. That's Tremendous. great. Yeah. I won't even ask you what it was because I don't want to give away your secret yeah. sauce. You don't want anybody knowing about that. No, show. <laughs> no, no, not that. Well, listen, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And I hope everybody gets a lot out of this conversation because I think the title of it would almost be not tech, just talk process, right? That's the way to do it. But, right. but thank you. Is there anything else you want to leave with? Any thoughts you have or? Nothing other than, you know, I hope people stay healthy and take care and, and recognize that uh, uh, their lives and their health are even more important than the work they do sometimes. And uh, and know that we're here. We're here to talk to you. I hope that people find, uh, we put out a lot, uh, a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of information, especially on social medias and LinkedIn and elsewhere. And I hope people get value from it because uh, we're, we want to be really, you know, a key piece of the industry in terms of showing that we care. Yeah, we should plug. I should plug the context, the the podcast you guys do, which is yeah. excellent. Um, uh, and and you guys have a ton of material that you put out from webinars on. And LinkedIn, I think, is your predominant distribution it's, source, it's right? It's a big one. Yes. Yeah. So you guys have. You, you should go to the Noble Biz LinkedIn pages and track them because there's a ton of material you guys put out from regular webinars to white papers to the podcast, which I did, which was probably your best podcast ever. I, I would imagine highest viewed one. It was absolutely my God. Mind blowing. Everybody's right? talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers four. Here we go. <laughs> well, Steve, listen, thanks again. I'll say goodbye okay. one more time. Thanks a lot. And I, I really look forward to getting you on the next time. Thanks for having me, everybody. Take care. Take care.